Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the 50th edition of Just Make the Thing, a podcast for people who want to start a thing and keep on making it. I'm your host, Claire Tonti, and today I'm joined by my lawyer friend, my yoga instructing wonderkind, Chanel Luchev. It's been 50 episodes, guys. My goodness, if this is the first episode you've listened to, well, let me fill you in on just why it's so fantastic. In episode one, I never thought that I would get to episode two, let alone 50 episodes. This show has taught me so much and I've met so many wonderful people through it as well. I've got to listen to people I admire talk about how to make things and why they keep on going. I've learned about resilience and consistency and imagination and ideas. And I think the biggest thing I've learned is that I'm not alone in that feeling I had, in that stuckness, which I seem to always land in. And what really has happened in just making this one thing and keeping on going with it, I've somehow unstuck myself and have started making lots of other things that I never thought that I would. So I wish that for you, dear listener, whoever you are out there, that you get unstuck, get out of your head and just make something. It's more about the process I've learned than necessarily the outcome that comes with time. The outcome improves the more that you make. But if you don't make, you'll never see that. So thank you for listening for 50 episodes. And here's Chanel and I talking all about it. Okay, out on with the show. Hello and welcome to the inaugural 50th episode of Just Make the Thing. We made it. We made it. We so so far have had celebratory jaffles slash falafel. Oh, it was excellent. It was really excellent. And Mm. we are sitting on Chanel's couch in her house. So it's nice and quiet looking at uh, the bamboo on the balcony (laughs) because her husband has decided that they need a lot of bamboo. It's his new DIY project. It's a jungle out there. Mm, it is. It is. <laughs> legitimately, like figuratively and legitimately or whatever the words are, there is a jungle out there in the world and also on Chanel's balcony. <laughs> but we have made it to 50 episodes. I which can't believe it. Which back when we started in June, I would never, last year, mm. I would never have thought. Actually, we started before. We started not actually putting them out but recording in December of 2016. Oh, my goodness. We certainly did. Do you know why? Because the first episode we recorded was when Trump got elected. (gasps) 
He's been around for that long. Certainly There's has. been no impeachment to take him down. No, they're, oh, what a merry ride we've had. Oh, what a ride. What a ride. What a ride. But, yeah, we never released that episode, but we definitely did start recording then. Mm. So I cannot believe that we've released 50 episodes. I can't believe it happened. I mean, I know it's been, well, effectively, what, a year and a half or something. Half. But I, um, I feel like 50 episodes should have taken us a lot longer than it has. Yes, in some ways, and then in other ways, we could have probably done it in six months. <laughs> so, Possibly. take that what you how you will, <laughs> how you wish. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that because of last year, I we were sort of releasing. I was releasing mm. quite sporadically, but this year in March, bam, every mm. week without fail. Yeah, which I think I reckon for. You as a person who once they start something continues it forever mm. is probably quite great. For me, it's so unusual to actually have the followed through with something for this long. Yeah, you've. I mean, you've said mm. that, but I think… Quite impressive, really. You should be patting yourself on the back. Thanks, mate. So, with that, I wanted to take you on a journey, Chanel. Oh, good. I to take you on a journey back to where we started because I have been listening to some of our old episodes mm-hmm. and, and been reflecting on our time oh, before sure. Just Make the Thing. Sorry if this is the first episode you've listened to. Probably <laughs> go back. There's a many episodes, a plethora to listen to beforehand. Probably our first one is a good place to start. <laughs> a very good place to start. Mm. If it's something that's a song from Sound of Music. What is – I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you when you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. Yes. When you read, you, you begin, begin with A, B, C. When you sing, you begin with Do, Re, Mi. <laughs> anyway, the last three notes. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're going to get okay. a whole song from you. Yeah. Oh, mate. Amazing. I could definitely sing you a whole song. Mm. No. So I wanted to go back to reflecting on our time because mm-hmm. when we started, you – in your Just Make Thing world, we're just sort of starting your yoga course. Yes. Weren't you? Yes. While you were still working in a job that you hated. Correct. And you got photocopying sweats. Do you I remember did. that? I do. And you were really hating your job and really not sure what you wanted to do and you thought that maybe you'd actually become a yoga teacher. Yes. And that was kind of the reason why you started it. Yes. So there you go. And I had never followed through with anything creative for longer than like two weeks. Yes. Well, you yeah. had led the, you'd led a choir and sang mm-hmm. in a band mm-hmm. and started a book club, mm-hmm. which never went anywhere. Well, a year, but yeah. Oh, okay. It went for a year. That's pretty good. That's longer Actually, than I thought. Yeah, to be fair. It yeah. did go for a year, but it was quite sporadic. Okay. And I stopped reading the books halfway through. Okay. <laughs> yeah. but, so how did you discuss the content then? We ended up just drinking a lot of tea, oh. needing chocolate <laughs> at the end of it. The beginning was great, yeah. as usual. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I did. I did a lot of those things, yeah. like sort of half-starting things. I wanted to ask you, with this podcast, mm. what do you reckon from the beginning till now, what has it taught you over that whole time? That is an excellent question. Uh, I think um, that it is important in life to set creative goals for yourself, goals generally, but not to adhere too steadfastly to those goals and what they should look like mm. because I was not, as you said, not a happy camper in my job and I was like, I know, I'll do my course and then I'll quit my job and then I'll start my studio and everything will be fancy and wonderful and it'll be like being in the sound of music except a yoga version. In yoga pants. Yes, in yoga in pants. In lycra. Exactly. And then do you remember that there was a point in time where I was like, have I made the biggest mistake of my life? Certainly remember yeah. that. 
when you were like, what have I done? And and you got really existential about the whole point of yoga to begin with and how everyone's yeah. just commercialized yep. and, it, and no one has any heart in it. You'd be just catering for these rich people who are competing with each other. Yeah, and, and, and on some level I still believe that to be true. But, and I think we've discussed this, holding two opposing truths in your head is possible the more mm. you get to understand something. Mm-hmm. So there's the part of me that still believes that it does some amazing amount of good for yourself and for the world around you and for people generally. And it's lovely to be in a space where you can do, you can perform a service for someone and it really makes them just so happy. Like, and there've been times where I've run, I've had classes where people come out of their like Shavasana, like their meditative state and they're just in this state of bliss and peace and they'll say things like, you've just really made my day, I was really stressed and now I'm not, thank mm. you. So, and that's just beautiful and it just fills my heart and like makes me want to cry and all that stuff. And then I also take classes and I'm like, oh, there are all the beautiful muscular sweaty people again, <laughs> not a hair on their head. I'm not, no, actually there's many hairs on their head, not a hair <laughs> in places that it shouldn't be, right? Yeah. So there are those two opposing ideas in my head about it being all embracing but also being commodified and with that I guess I've struggled with what it is that I actually want to do with this thing that I decided to take on Mm. and I still don't know and I'm okay with that Mm. I think that's big for you yeah that's big that you're okay with not knowing where it's gonna go right well when you like when you came up with the tagline for this like how to start a thing and keep on making it I think the thing that I have to keep reminding myself is just to keep on making it like just to keep on doing it Mm. and whether it evolves into something entirely different is is actually all right it's not a sign of success or failure I think the success is just like just keep going just keep going as long as I keep going. Mm. So um, I had this goal. I wanted to become a teacher. I am a teacher. And while the aspirational yoga life I had for myself has not worked out the way that I thought it would, like it's actually it's actually fine because there's a whole bunch of other stuff I've learned and a whole bunch of other opportunities that have come along which have been equally as interesting and rewarding and sort of mm. part of my journey, as you mm. like to put it. Mm, I say journey. And what about yourself? What have you learned? Oh, well, thanks for asking, Chanel. <laughs> it's, an interesting, it's interesting that I asked you a question and you reciprocated. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like we're good friends yeah. <laughs> and we're having a reciprocal conversation. <laughs> yes. You know, it is actually quite hard to teach that skill. Sometimes people mm. don't understand that in order to be a nice human person, you ask a question and then someone reciprocates and that's how you listen to each other. Mm. Some people aren't good at it. You, my friend, are good. Thank at you. It. No worries. Thank you. Anyway, side note. Mm. Yeah, so I have been just incredibly blown away and it's exactly what you were saying just then that what I have learned about making a thing at the beginning I would be so uptight and emotionally invested in whatever I decided to do to the point where I couldn't separate myself from it and I would almost be heading into whatever project it was with this inevitability that I would fail at it somewhere out of the gate mm. that it wouldn't be good enough that it reflected everything that I am and then it pr- and it would just reflect back to myself how much I sucked 
at wow doing stuff. I know, and that's so intense, right? Yes, like, why? it's a little dark. It's so, <laughs> I know, it's super dark. Something I'm quite a cheaper person, yeah, but exactly. but that was this weird part of me, and I do not have any idea where that came from. I think mm. I'm definitely not alone in that though. In no. starting this, there have been so many emails and messages I've got from people who said the same thing that they're kind of stuck. A guy wrote on Twitter the other day to me about how he hasn't felt like himself for so long because he hasn't been able to create and then listen to our podcast and other things. He started writing again and he doesn't even really mind whether or not it becomes anything, but it's the process. And that to me is the biggest thing I've learned that exactly right. It may not go in the direction that you thought it would, but the process of just showing up for yourself and putting out something, like that whole saying something is better than nothing, has just changed so much for me and opened up, opened me up to be less afraid mm. of making other stuff. Because even like I got, I've got to interview all these really fascinating people who make things I admire and or or just have kind of interesting life stories that have enabled them to keep going with things. Yeah. And I've learned so much from them as well, but the overarching theme is always you just pick yourself up and you keep on going, mm. like you keep making it, yeah. whatever that is. If, it, if making it means you keep showing up to your job or you keep eating well or exercising or you fail – you just get up again and then it's actually also not that big a deal. Like you can be doing a podcast but you could also be, I don't know, running a marathon or Mm. you could just be making like cupcakes or something. Yeah. And it's the process of repetition and learning that is the thing. I think I was always in a rush. We talked about that a lot actually over the time that we're often in a rush. Like once you start a thing, you want it to be done and perfect and it's there in like a couple of weeks or immediately, like on the night, like I want my house to look completely different. So here I go, I'm at wherever I'm, Bunnings, I'm going to buy all this stuff and it'll suddenly look different and excellent. And what I'm learning, and maybe it's getting older, but I think it's also this podcast has taught me that you can't be good at something initially, like really good at something initially. You have to spend lots of time on it, just making it. And and each iteration of it will probably be pretty terrible initially, but just the sheer act of doing something every week has meant that I'm writing now. Like I've done, I've got this silly. It's not silly actually. I shouldn't say silly, but it's just that writing project I'm doing on Instagram where I just set myself a goal because I've always written stuff in diaries and journals. Mm-hmm. And so over years, and I used to love writing as a kid. That was the thing I wanted to be a teacher or a writer as a kid. And so I, and I know a lot of people are the same. Like have a journal and scribble notes mm. in it, or shopping lists and all that kind of stuff, and put it in the notes in your phone. But even just like a bit of poetry and or you know just writing, I've always done bits and pieces of it to make sense of the world for myself Mm -hmm. and I did that I've just been doing it over the course of time but I decided a couple of weeks ago that um yeah maybe a week ago just over a week that I just write something every day and post it on Instagram and I've just got like scribbles in my notebook and it's my handwriting is terrible and I'm taking photos of it and then just writing a tagline underneath it. But the the act of doing it, it's the same as the podcast. Mm. It's just doing it and not minding that it's not perfect. Yeah. But just the act of doing it over time improves your skill yeah. at something to the point where you can build up to do something else. And do you think – because it's interesting, you've sort of said you've set yourself this challenge that you're going to do a particular thing. Do you think as humans it's some, somewhat necessary in order to kind of 
explore our creativity, that we need to have at least some, even if it's a loose form, like some kind of routine built into our lives. Mm. So if you want to be successful at something, that you need to make room in your life for it and routine sort of maintains, kind of propels that forward. 100%. I reckon routine and doing it more than whether or not you give it your all each time. Mm. I reckon it's the consistency, like Michelle Bridges would say that or other, you know, with exercise and health, Mm. I reckon that is one of the keys to life to know. We've we've nailed it. We don't need to say anything else. We've nailed life now. That is the meaning of life, everyone. You heard it here first. Consistency, guys. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Don't worry about your Buddhism. Mm. Don't worry about your religions or your chakras. I mean, I think that is like 100% true because even just applying it to – the pra- like my own practice, my asana practice that I have committed to three days a week since the beginning of the year. Do you remember how I set myself like five New Year's Eve? I think I called them, what did I call them? Not um, resolutions. I called them something else because I didn't want to call is it this, a resolution. Is this when you sat around in a circle and like lit things on fire at the beach and all cried in a circle? Um, no, but different. I did do that and that was also excellent yeah. and cathartic and probably long overdue. Yeah. Um, but I'd set myself like a whole bunch of New Year's aspirations or some nonsense and the only one I've stuck to is unless I've been sick like and probably is I'm not really in a position to sort of invert or like go or like do something overly strenuous is to go to yoga class three times a week mm-hmm. and it's during my lunchtime so like it's fine it fits in well but that's the one thing I've been managed to do and it could be in the space of a week I might have an amazing class and feel really strong and really energized and be like yeah this is great I feel so like yoga and open and wonderful and balanced and all that stuff and then there are days where like why can't I stand on my left leg it just <laughs> won't stop wobbling <laughs> it just won't it won't stop <laughs> so even like even with that commitment, I have established this routine and I won't – I really will try not to break it now. But um, like there are days where I feel like I'm really sort Nailing of – Nailing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are days where I am not, definitely not. And I think for us, because we make this commitment to do this thing on a Sunday and that's when people ask me what I'm doing on my weekend, I'm like I usually will say, oh, I podcast on Sundays. That's what I do. That's my thing. Yeah. So um, batch cook, make sure I – and that's not like an abbreviation for like the bachelor and, or it anything. It did sound like that. Yeah. I'm like batch cook. Yeah. <laughs> Cooking up bulk amounts of food really so I'm organized for the week and tidying up and then like podcasting, that's now part of my weekly routine. Mm. And I think that kind of works well. Sundays work well for us. Yeah, they do. I think they do. They're mm. good for us and for me with my little person mm. as well. And it yeah, it just seems to kind of fit in. And you're right, it just has to become a routine yeah. thing. And then over time, that consistency of doing something, regardless of whether or not you're very good at it and that and sometimes you're really on. And sometimes yeah. even with our podcast, I'm like, we did an amazing yeah. episode. We were so organized. It was great. Woo. And other times I'm like, I don't know, what were you talking about? <laughs> what, what, we're almost about to fall asleep <laughs> but the but the sheer act of doing it mm. means that you get better at something yeah and and isn't that 
it's just so great. Yeah. I, I just can't. I just can't describe. And for people who just already knew this, I'm sure you're like, yeah, all over. You're it. very wise. Yeah, maybe we should be asking you for advice. Exactly. <laughs> but I just think for people who were like me or are like me at the beginning of this podcast, it does almost seem so revolutionary that there's something that you just have to do consistently. Mm. But it's so small. It's so simple but hard. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Because it's like that feeling, I was trying to describe it to someone, of being a part of a basketball team. Mm. And sometimes your game's at like 10 o'clock at night and you don't want to be there and you're like, it's cold, blah. But because there's other people there, you have to show up. Yeah. And you just do it. And then you're in, and then eight weeks later, or however long the basketball season is, Mm. you're in the grand final and you're like, oh. Well, not that that's ever happened to me because yeah. I'm really bad at basketball. But, you know, you're in the finals <laughs> or it's finished and mm. you've you've made or done something. Mm. But it is that just consistency of having to show up that this podcast is. And, then, and it's led to all these other stuff. Like I'm writing more and I'm making and cooking and gardening. And even gardening, like for me, has been that same process of understanding that because I was bad at something the first time I did it does not mean I'm actually bad at it. No, of course not. Of course not. I think generally if you do something like and you are and it works out perfectly, I feel like that's luck more than anything else. Yeah. Or all you're doing is following something that someone else has previously perfected. Mm. So to be like genuinely good, you actually need to keep working at it. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. yeah. So interestingly, for c- consistency is important, routine is important. Mm-hmm. But for someone like me who loves routine <laughs> to the point who is like dogmatic about routine <laughs> and also has these weird aspirations, unnecessary aspirations of perfection, I think if anyone is anything like me and you always want something to be a certain way like and learning to let go of the fact that it is not going to be like that <laughs> and that the world will keep turning and it's going to be all right. <laughs> It's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is a good <laughs> Just have a friend like me yeah, exactly. who like, says she'll turn up at 12 and comes home, comes here at 2. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. it like I've learnt so much from you. Yeah, about- I've learnt a lot from you too. Thanks, mate. Mm. Yeah. It's been good. Yeah, yeah. it has been good. Mm. If, if nothing else and no one is actually out there listening to this, <laughs> it's been good for us. It has. <laughs> We've had a great time. We've had a ball. <laughs> 50 episodes. It's been amazing. Yeah, it is. It's been, yeah, really funny. I was, yeah, I, I, that's been my favourite bit actually, just getting to hang out with yeah. you more. Yep. Yeah, because you're real cool. Yeah, you're cool. Yeah, well, yeah, I am. I'm so cool. I'm so cool that my hair is wet because my hairdryer broke this morning. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. It's one of its last legs. It's like 10 years old. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. It sort of was smelling a weird smell, but oh. I was ignoring it. And then it literally just didn't turn on oh. today. And I was like, okay, fair call. We've, it's, been, it's been real hair I've been dryer. trying to warn you, Claire. I'm about to die and you're not listening to me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it finally happened. Oh, boy. I know. I was reflecting to just about all of the episodes that we've mm. done and how when you get little snapshots of your life and you record it, mm. how interesting it is that your sort of perspective on your life and what you've created changes mm. so much depending on the mood that you're in or the life events that have happened around you. And it just it just blows me away that 
like this has only been a year of our life or whatever, mm. or a year and a bit. What's going to happen in the next year? Oh, my goodness. Or the year after or the 10 years? Oh, my goodness. I know. One thing I wanted to ask you about which has changed for me in this whole year, this evolution of my thinking around feminism, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe it's Donald Trump because as we started recording, he got elected. Has your perception of what feminism means and being a feminist changed, do you reckon, over this course of time? Well, I think, do you know, honestly, I think I've always had, well, this is going to sound strange, but I've always had the urge, the feminist urge to discuss those issues which I believe to be important. But for some reason, and I can't quite put my finger on it, I feel like it's been suppressed Mm. or something. And so what has been interesting is that I've been able to talk your ear off about this stuff and you're so happy to talk about it too. Mm. So I feel less weird about caring about things that are happening to other people in the world and like getting enraged about it, even Mm -hmm. though it has no, often has very little relevance to me at that point in time. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, I might maybe might be bringing them up at the wrong time of the evening when everyone else is relaxing and trying to have drinks and then I'm here talking about patriarchy is probably not a good idea. <laughs> so, you know, timing is everything. Yeah. With me, any time of day. <laughs> dinner, lunch, yeah, breakfast. Yeah, remember actually at your birthday the other week <laughs> when I was talking to you about the Kardashians and I can't remember what it was and you were like, I need to talk about this because I just – I can't believe how sexist they are and they just encourage the patriarchy. And I'm like, I love that I have a friend that will bring up at her own birthday drinks <laughs> patriarchy and its effect on society. I was like, oh, this is why I love her. <laughs> it's wonderful. But I think the thing, so I don't know whether so much is it's been suppressed, whether it's changed, but I definitely think on some level it was like, it's, it was suppressed and now I feel like I almost have license to revel in it a little mm. and what I have been doing is listening to all sorts of content, podcast content specifically, on a whole range of feminist issues and I think it's opened my eyes a little bit. Mm. So I'm like, wow, yeah, why don't they have po- proper like purpose-built pockets in women's clothes and what is the deal with high heels and god damn it hair is so annoying yeah exactly we could all just have it short I went on this like I totally agree that's what's changed for me too listening to feminist podcasts like the guilty feminist or chat 10 looks three or oh look the mamma mia out loud or you know any of those I totally agree reading stuff as well and you suddenly go Oh, or people I follow on Instagram, like mm. a Glennon Doyle or someone. The penny drops. Yeah, the penny just drops. Mm. Actually, there's a brilliant article that one of my friends, Elle, sent me from mm-hmm. the Millennial Divide, actually. Mm-hmm. It's an article by an activist called Jane Caro mm-hmm. in Australia who, if you've never seen her, she's an amazing person to follow on Twitter. Um, she's She is just an advocate for women and for teachers and for nurses and she's always sort of out there fighting for equality and for better health care, better funding, better superannuation. Anyway, she wrote this great piece on feminism and how young women don't need feminism and so they don't really awaken to feminism because they think everything's fine and equal until maybe they get married Mm. or they start to have kids and then what they thought was equal 
people, suddenly the world, the, the ground shifts beneath them and they realize, oh, hang on, I'm having to look at how much childcare costs and whether it's worth me going back to work part-time. Mm. Then I've got less superannuation. Oh, hang on, I'm the one caring for my aging parents and other people in my life. Oh, hang on, my income is going down because I'm also taking on a caring role for, you know, children or whoever mm. else and – and you suddenly looking at your partner and the way your body changes during pregnancy and you're looking at your partner who's just sailing on through, you know, obviously a dad, being a dad is also complex, but mm. their body doesn't change. Most men's work habits don't change much. They no. might go on paternity for a couple of weeks and whoop, that's it. And suddenly you realize why these older women that you thought were like angry and bitter mm are actually just raging because they've lived through a generation where, like, they've lost a whole lot of this stuff mm. that they didn't have. And Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We've got more rights than we've ever had really now, but there's also a movement trying to take those away. And yeah, and I, and I, that's why for me anyway, I never thought feminism was much of an issue. I, I was kind of about it in high school and then mm-hmm. early 20s, I was like, everything's fine. Mm. Everything's equal. It's totally fine. And then I realized, yeah, as you get older, things change. But anyway, I'd highly recommend that article. It's in the age today. Okay. Mm. That is yeah. fascinating. I was just going to say, with all of that stuff, I completely agree. But how about also throw aging into the mix? Oh and yeah, let's we just, are aging. Let's just add that in there. Let's just let's just throw that. Put that on top of a crappy cake, <laughs> shall we? Um, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Put that cherry on that pie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because that's the other thing. I think in my head, I was still categorizing myself as a young woman. Oh, yeah. When in actuality, I'm now 33. And I went out last night and I realized how freaking old I actually really am. <laughs> because all I could think was, that young woman must be so cold. <laughs> Honestly, that was the first one that came into my head as well. I think that so often. And I also think when I look at them now, I'm like, that's the patriarchy, mate. Yeah. Why else are you dressed in stilts with like a tiny skirt with no jacket and you've spent hours and hours straightening your hair and slapped on a whole lot of paint on your face mm. to walk out with your boobs all squished into a thing that's very uncomfortable because you want guys to notice you and you think that that's what we have to look like mm. for them to notice you. And now... I don't like doing that as much. No. no. I want to wear comfortable things. Nor should you. I mean, shouldn't we be recognised for our intellect? intellect? Yes. Right? I remember actually. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just had this flashback to me as a high school kid. Oh, Mm. man, I was the worst. No, I wasn't the worst, but I I loved myself back then. Mm. Well, now I do. At the time, I was just such a nerd. But I remember we went on this like tour somewhere I think it was like a school trip to China actually that's right our tour guide she was really nerdy she had glasses but she was super funny and interesting and she took us around China and was sharing all of us you know telling us all about the history of the places we Mm -hmm. visited and I had this chat with one of the girls back in the hotel room and because she was single Mm. and she didn't have a boyfriend or anything and because we were talking to her and she's probably only like 24 but we thought she was old because we were like 16 
And she, I said to them, yeah, but she's so smart and funny. Like surely she'll find someone. And all the girls looked at me and lo- looked at each other and giggled. And I'm like, oh, Claire, that's not what it's about. Is it really? Oh. <laughs> and at the time I still distinctly remember that. I'm being like, oh, okay. That's just. So it's not enough to be smart and funny. You have to no. be. And she wasn't like unattractive, but she was obviously a bit nerdy. Yeah. With glasses and things. But it just. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that thing. I just hadn't thought about that before. That's that's very interesting. Yeah. Because don't you think also you and I, I mean before, well, I mean even now, the jobs that we've chosen are not ones that encourage sort of the aesthetic so much as like <laughs> the intellectual. Like yeah. we both did. You went into teaching. It's the same thing. Yeah. They're like, you know, well, look how wonderful you can look in your classroom. It's like how well can you teach? How well can yeah. you – Can you talk? Can, can you, you talk? Yeah. Can you communicate with kids? Can you get them to be responsive and mm. manage all their emotions and all their other issues? And for me, it's like how well can you articulate yourself so you don't sound stupid, you know, <laughs> which is most of my job at the moment. <laughs> but um, even in these jobs – which we have chosen, which are historically intellectual professions. And I would say even in what you're doing now, Mm. it's an intellectual profession. It's definitely not visual. No. (laughs) (laughs) Until we develop a YouTube channel. Yeah, well, we are currently building a studio out the back of my house (laughs) with cameras. That's my worst nightmare though because I have wet hair currently. I would much prefer an audio (laughs) medium. Continue anyway. So you were saying we've chosen intellectual Yeah, but even in this – even in like Western society where there's this deemed equality and we have been able to work in jobs where theoretically – the only way that we're supposed to be judged is by our intellect and our ability to sort of perform a task, do a job. We steal all that stuff, ageism and beauty and sexism, sexism and um, being caring, placating mm. other people. Mm. That still comes into play in mm-hmm. some way, shape mm. or form. Absolutely. Like I was having a discussion with one of my other colleagues um, who's also a – like a board secretariat, and I was like, oh, we finished our um, – we finally published our report and I'm so happy it's taken – literally taken a year to do it and I can't even tell you how many iterations of this damn report I've written and how many commas I've had to remove in, in place of semicolons and, you know, my life is just grammar right now and I'm so happy that it's over. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're having a board meeting in two weeks. I really want to do something special to commemorate it. It was like – and my first thought was like, maybe I should bake something. <laughs> And I was like, at first I was like, yeah, that's a great idea, Chanel. And then I was talking to my colleague and she's like, well, she's a fantastic baker Mm. because she has like a whole bunch of allergies. So she has to be really particular about what she makes, but everything she makes is delicious. Um, And she's like, yeah, I thought about doing stuff, but then I think, will the committee get confused about what my actual job is? Because I am not hired to like – serve them food I'm hired to provide a service but not that kind of service yeah and then I kind of got mad at myself because I was like why would you think to bake something (laughs) god damn it like you like you like you've been hired 
in a legal capacity to do a legal job and you want to bake for the committee, what message is that sending, you know? Mm. Um, part of me also was like, but you like to bake and well, food's delicious, so yeah. shut up. So, I know, and that's the other flip side of it, isn't it? Because also you've kind of you've got that second wind with baking yeah, too. Yeah. And, and it's a nice thing to do and you do want to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not that women shouldn't be allowed to do that or no, people shouldn't no. be allowed to bake and celebrate. But there is kind of this connotations of women get the tea and women mm-hmm. make the place nice. And and to be fair, I like tea and I like making yeah. places nice, but that's not all I'm there for. Exactly. Mm. And to retaliate, which was ridiculous because I only had this conversation with my colleague and not talked to anyone else about it. But at the next meeting that was held, I didn't even bother to get anyone a glass of water. But I'm <laughs> like, well, that's awful. <laughs> That, that's just completely impolite. Like the least that you can do is have a jug of water available. Don't pour it for the people. But I was like, there's some empty glasses. They'll figure it out. <laughs> like, but do you know so what? I love it. You just tapped your foot then you're like, they'll figure it out. <laughs> but the thing is most guys don't even bloody think about it mm. and they probably wouldn't even have the freaking glasses of water there to begin no, with. No, no. And people would just get and their no own. no one noticed, mind no, you. No, <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's what I mean and guys just don't. They have don't have that same need mm. to placate and mm. make everyone happy. But then again, I also think that's strength. I do think there's an argument for rather than seeing rather than acting more masculine in the mm. workplace because that's seen as more powerful. Mm. Actually, I've started to think that my feminine characteristics this is a generalization, but mm. my ability to want to make people happy, to want to cater, to want to nurture to want to have places clean, have lots of light in places, care about atmosphere and all of those things is a strength Mm. and does not mean that I cannot also have an intellect and actually contribute in in an academic sense. Mm. And and sometimes I do think there's this line that we need to walk where you don't want to be taken advantage of and and just thought, well, this person will always do that. So I'll just – because guys don't – often don't even think about it in the Mm. workplace about those sorts of qualities but I do think there are strengths too and not to be ashamed of them or feel that we can't express ourselves the way we want to in workplaces as well and we are we are also complex beings Mm. and you spend so much of your time at work like what's wrong with like building, bringing a little bit of your own personality into your workspace? Bit of pizzazz. Well, just like a bit of curly hair. Yeah, a bit of something. So yeah, that, because we are unique. You know, we're all snowflakes. We are. So like, why not be able to bring a part of yourself into your job? Like that's yeah. how you also build team strength and mm-hmm. camaraderie and trust and relationships mm-hmm. and communication and mm-hmm. um, all sorts of things as well. Yeah. Yeah, like the glue that holds something together. I know, for instance, and I'm sounding very sexist, but I know if I walk into an all-male home, Mm -hmm. like if there's a whole lot of flatmates that all live together to blokes, it's big generalizations, things are different and, you know, there are different personalities. But generally, if you walk into an all-male office and or an all-male, you know, institution somewhere, there is this feeling of like not a lot of care taken with the atmosphere or the kind of, you know what I mean, the cleanliness standards, the way that, you know, people wear whatever they like, the stuff they wear even. And it can be quite drab and a bit like, I don't want to be in a place like that. I want to be in a place that's got a bit of life and a bit of hominess and a bit of colour and, you know, and, you know, atmosphere. And, And I think that stuff matters too. And so I think, 
women often, and this is generalization, not all women are in tenure that or even care about it, mm. but I don't think we should feel that we shouldn't be able to do that. I think that's why no. co-ed workspaces are actually really great because if you've got a balance of men and women, mm. then all of the strengths of both kind of come together and you would hope that it would it works a bit more cohesively. Yeah, I think. yeah, I think so. It should, too. right? Yeah. yeah. What, what I find fascinating, I've, I've been following the Dr. Christine Blasey Ford allegations against a Brett Kavanagh. Have you oh, been following yes. all of that? Yeah, the, I actually the listened to a feminist podcast about that oh, a couple of go. days ago. So there you go. There you go. Super interesting, right? And yeah. and that's a whole nother kettle of fish that, um, that women coming forward. You know that only 5% of women who come forward um, or, or the majority of people who mm. come forward about sexual assault or abuse mm. are, are lying. I actually, yeah, yeah, I actually do know about a, a little bit about sexual assault stuff because in first year law school we did like a whole section on sexual assault specifically and how it's gendered and they talked about the specifics and the statistics and how many reports, like of all the things that happen, how many actual police reports there are, of all the police reports, how many charges are actually brought, mm. of all the charges that are brought, how many convictions there are, mm. of all the convictions, how many actual sentences there are, and the, the percentage just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and mm. smaller. And it's almost like you have to have some really very blatant, very clear, open uh, witnessed by other people, serious form of damaging, physically damaging sexual assault to get any kind of result in the justice system. So it is a bit scary. It is scary. Mm. And what I thought was also scary was that when you looked at the panel of the Senate who was sitting mm. there behind her while she, or in front of her, I should say, while she was giving her statement, it's mm. just all men, Oh, yeah. All blokes. And I just think I think about the church and all the corruption and the sexual abuse allegations in the Catholic Church mm. and other big institutions all run by guys. Yep. And I'm not saying in any way I love men. I think men are wonderful. I know so many good men. The problem I think lies too if you have too many men and no women anywhere in mm. leadership, in power, in institutions, then – a lot of the care, the heart, the perspective, the protection for women and children just doesn't become an issue mm. as much. There's not uh, – our voices are just not represented. Those with disabilities, those of different races are not represented. Yeah. Therefore, policy or protections for those people are just literally not put in place because there's no one there to go, hey, what about? Uh. Yeah. You yeah. know? Oh, 100%. And so – I do. I don't know how we got onto this, but I was reflecting a lot on all of that. And and though we don't live in America, what that woman Christine must have gone through, and what her family are going through for her to stand up there to say what she said, which I just couldn't. When you see her give her statement, you think she has sacrificed so much. There is no way that she does not believe absolutely in what she's saying. Mm. You wouldn't do that. There is no way you would sacrifice all of that if you were making it up. You just wouldn't of all yeah. of the fear and all of the kind of loss of privacy that she's gone through. So, I yeah, it, it, it did again just make me think about feminism in general and how the only way that we're going to change things for women and attitudes for women is for more of us to keep talking yeah. and speaking up and saying things and getting into those positions of power somehow. Mm. And that's something that I've really come to realise through this podcast and over the last year that 
like we were saying in our last episode, we were like, we need more diversity, but I don't want to be in government. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. I think more women should be saying, but I don't want to say anything. (laughs) You know, like someone has to be the representation. Exactly. And so as long as it's not me. Mm. I will sit here and nod away like it is no one's business. I'll record a podcast. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah, but that's yeah. the thing. I, I am. Um, that's something that is a continued work in progress for me, anyway. That I'm thinking. Oh, about. absolutely. And I mean, I think you can only do what you can do as well. Mm. I think sitting here and becoming so overwhelmed by the inequity. Like it doesn't. It also doesn't help in the the long term. So it's kind of like, okay, yes, I'm not in a position where I'm making the decisions of world leaders or even community leaders at this stage in my life. But at least I'm talking about the issues that I think are important, and maybe there's someone out there that's contemplating mm. doing it that might have the impetus, get the impetus to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, you can't be all things to all people all no. the time. It's just not possible. No, you can't. Can you? you can't be. And you also can't do everything no. at once. No. <laughs> like hopefully, fingers crossed, we've got quite a many years left. Mm. Maybe in 10 years' time mm. when we've done like, how many, what, 500 episodes mm. or something mm. that we will suddenly think differently and or who knows what position we'll be in in that I mean, the length of time. And I think I think the other thing actually interestingly that I've learned from this podcast is, A, women make amazing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many of the w- women that you've interviewed, I'm like, they just do so many amazing things. They're so amazing. That's so cool. Mm. Like I think even talking about the fact that you, I do a podcast with other people just on sort of a general daily level allows them to open up and you learn so much about people. You see a different side to them, and it's so it makes the world such so much more interesting to me. Ah, oh, so like, oh, that's really cool. Like, and then they'll say, oh, actually, I've been, you know, wanting to learn the cello, or I really have been meaning to write for so long, or I'm thinking of doing this thing, or like, in fact, I was talking to my one of my friends, my good friends, um, from work about this. And she said, because she was like, oh, I love listening to you and Claire every time you guys talk. Aww. I'm just like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and she said, oh, I've been thinking about taking this course and I think I'm going to do it now and I wasn't going to before because, you know, I never really have enough money and I should be saving, but I just figure like I really want to do it and it's going to build on this skill base. And I was like, that's awesome. You know, good for you. I'm really happy for you. Mm. So I think, yeah, there's something about, even talking about the fact that there is, we're encouraging people to explore their creativity allows you all, allows you to be more open to other people and just see so many more dimensions to them. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree because I think that what I'm learning too through this show is that your creativity is actually the same as your humanity. Mm. I'm so wise. I'm like a good You are so wise. <laughs> Do you know what I mean though? Yeah. Like it's like with yeah. your husband Goran and like his his meat rubs and mm. his bamboo out the back mm. and and the, his cooking and it's like with you with your yoga there's something 
it doesn't have to be your job or your main source of income or anything, but the thing that you love to do, there's something about your spark and your energy, Mm. something that gets, there is something in everybody that gets them going, Mm. whether it's like, I don't know, making their own sausages or if it's like recording themselves on a microphone. <laughs> or or interviewing people or mm. writing or whatever it is. But yeah. And then yeah. you see this dimension of someone that isn't about, which often what people talk about a lot is judgment. Yeah. Like judging other people or, or just general discussion of other people, what people are up to or the footy or Yeah. Global events, which are all really important too, but there is something really cool about finding the thing that someone's nerdy about. It's like they come alive. Right. It happens. It, it's what I mean by their humanity. It's like a yeah. spark. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. It's wonderful. That's so cool. It was my favorite thing about teaching. I keep going back to that mm. and I don't teach anymore in that way, but that was my favorite thing mm. is finding what kids, what brings kids alive Yeah, and then letting them discover that. You know, and mm. or each kid that I've ever taught has had something that they have just loved. And whether they're in prep and it's Ninjago, like little figurine <laughs> things, or whether it's reading or they love making pasta sauce with their nonna or mm. whatever it is, but they're so much more free in finding it. And I sometimes think adults need some help getting back to it. Yeah. Mm. So, well, we, we tend to suppress it, don't we? sometimes yeah because it's almost like you're trained or we're geared to think that there are certain levels or certain kinds of things that are worth discussing certain goals that are worth aiming for and the rest of it is kind of just sort of incidental Mm. do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because it's quantifiable like yeah it's like we're kind of success orientated yeah well I was yeah well I mean I was but even the idea of what success is, like I've really rethought that in the last little while as well. I was talking to a friend of mine about this a couple of weeks ago and um, she really wants to have kids and it's just it's when you get to your 30s, if anyone is not, – not that I'm going to have a discussion about fertility, but you realise how statistically improbable it is to actually fall pregnant and have a child. It's really difficult and she's struggling with that a little bit. And she's like, I just thought at this stage of my life I would already have kids by now. Mm. And I was like, well, you know, like isn't it interesting when we're sort of – and not everyone's like this, but I certainly was um, – that I believed at the, at the age of 25 I'd be married, at the age of 26 I'd have at home, at the age of 27 and 28 I'd have my first and second child, you know. And at this age, you know, a lot of those things had not, have not happened and um, it's so fine because I've had so many amazing life experiences. But we set up in our mind what we believe to be the most perfect life for ourselves and then it doesn't work out exactly the way that you think it does. And if you hold too steadfastly to those ideals of what success is meant to look like, it can be gravely disappointing. Mm. And so the things that actually give you the joy are the things that are all these other incidental things that happen along the way. Yes. And then you find it and you're like, this is awesome. I enjoy this so much. This makes me happy. Yes. You know. 100%. um, And sort of like learning to let go a little bit of what conventional success Mm. actually looks like. And and the lie I think that women are told that the ultimate success for us is 
getting married, mm-hmm. having a big ass wedding with mm-hmm. a big white dress mm-hmm. and then having babies mm-hmm. and a house and a husband and and that and even though that's quite in a way you would say outdated, I reckon there's still a massive cultural thing oh my goodness, around absolutely. it. And that that is your happy ending and it should all happen by the time you're thirty. So then you've got hopefully another like sixty years of life. And, and what are you gonna do because yeah. you've achieved it all? Yeah, and and also I think those things are hard. Marriage can be hard. Babies can be hard. Absolutely. And great as well. They're wonderful, but they're not – nothing is the be-all and end-all. There is exactly right all Mm. the incidental life stuff that happens on the way and you have to, you know, yeah, finding those things, the smaller parts of joy and getting to know yourself and everything is more important than – putting all your eggs into one basket. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yep. Exactly. So now that we've solved all of the world's problems, Thank we'll never God. have to record again. <laughs> that's it. This is our last podcast <laughs> forever. Don't, don't say that. No, no that's <laughs> not, not true. true. No, no universe. Seriously, the universe has had some crazy things come up for okay, me this year. I will year, also so touch wood. Let's just let's touch, touch wood. wood together. Exactly. No, but I I would love to sit here at our 100 episodes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yep. I would love to do that. And the final thing I wanted to finish on with this episode is what do you think – uh, your goal is for our next 50 episodes. Do you have one? Um, I don't know. I think it would be nice, I think, to – I mean, and I don't know the numbers because you know them – to expand our audience a little mm. bit more because I know that you say we have a particular demographic. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. But really my goal is to hear from other people because I love when they email and they write stuff on Facebook and they message yeah. us and they tell us about this stuff. It's mm-hmm. fascinating. Isn't it? So, yeah. Yeah, it's so awesome. I actually, yeah, think that too. I just love hearing from all these people around the world. Mm. And it's so awesome. So you can email us at justmakethingpod at gmail.com. Yes, please do. Yes, and or you can find Chanel at Bendu Melbourne. Yes, please. Or me on Instagram at Claire20 or on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies. Yeah, I would love that. Definitely. And I think I would just like us to keep going. Yeah. I'm excited. Just the next 50 episodes, just be consistent. Yeah. See what happens. And I'm curious. I'm actually curious to see what the format will look like in 50 episodes time. Yeah. Because I feel like over the last, well, yeah, since episode one, there's been these slight little tweaks. I mean, we still talk the way that we talk. I don't think we can ever change. (laughs) No. The, the verboseness with which we communicate. <laughs> no. I don't think that's possible. No, it's really not. But I think there is – I think there is also – like there have been some slight changes which I think have made it snappier and sharper and mm. – yeah. One of which is getting Collings to edit it Yes, too. thank you. Thank you so much, Collings. <laughs> it's been so awesome to get it, him to edit it. has been great. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I also think we should do a live show. <gasps> Yay! That's my plan. Yep. That's the next thing. A live show I reckon would be really fun. Yeah. Cool. Okay, well, happy weekend, everybody out there or or new week. And I hope that if you are making things or you haven't started yet, that uh, you just start. Yep. Because it doesn't matter if it's good or not. Yep. And then once you start, just keep going. Yeah, that's it. Mm. In a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye. 
You've been listening to the 50th episode of Just Make the Thing with me, your host Claire Twenty, and the wonderful Chanel Luchev. For more episodes, please subscribe in iTunes, leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can also email the show at justmakethethingpod at gmail.com. And for more Australian-made podcasts from lots of comedy writers and creatives around Australia, you can go to planetbroadcasting.com. Highly recommend going over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies or on Instagram at Claire Tonti, which is the medium I prefer the most. Um, And it's still not too late to donate to our charity campaign to support women and girls around the world. Um, We've raised over $40,000, which has just blown me out of the water and will make a huge difference to communities everywhere. So not too late to click on the link in the show notes below. Okay, next week I've got an incredible episode with Gemma Lee, um, an Australian female film director. (laughs) She's um, fantastic and I can't wait to share that episode with you either. I learned so much from her about making. So, onwards, upwards. 51 episodes next week, guys. So, I've got to keep on making this thing and I hope that you are too. Okay, see you next time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.